Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partner with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Hitting necks. I bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, like I'm a pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, like I'm a pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers. Welcome, everyone, to the Gambling Feud Podcast, episode 38. As always, the Gambling Feed podcast is sponsored by Rogue Energy. My name is Kyle Comis. You can find me on Twitter at Comdog. And joining me, as always, for 38 episodes in a row, my cousin and co-host at DJ Low 4422 on Twitter, DJ Luch. DJ, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm a little stuffed up. And then my niece and nephew got me sick, man. But it's not it's not the vid. It's just no stuff. All everyone's getting it. It's it's a complicated time. You get cold, you get a sickness and you think it's the vid, but it's not that. It's just your regular winter cold, but just annoying. It's not like it's not any, it's just annoying. Like you're just snuffed up, you can't breathe. Um, so I need something to complain about at all times. So this is what I'm currently allowed to complain about. But no, other than that, life's good, man. We're getting to the holiday season. Thanksgiving's coming up, one of the most underrated holidays. You just get a pig out, watch football, drink beer. Like it's it's the true American tradition. So I, I love it. Uh, but yeah, how, how has life been for the old comb dog? You know, life's, life's been good. Uh, we actually uh, reconnected again at uh, me and DJ's cousin Ryan and his new wife now, Erica. Congratulations to both of them. We got to see uh, their wedding. Really, really fun atmosphere. I mean, the uh, Cassidy, this was like, she, she went to one of our cousin's weddings, but this is like the first wedding with like a lot of cousins there. And, and she loved it. So she's really looking forward to being part of the family. But I tell you what, that was that was a, a great wedding. I, I loved every second of that. Yep. Everyone showed out. There's a ton of cousins there. Um, and yeah, it was just a good old group and everyone had fun. And yeah, no, it was just a classic Comus wedding. I mean, tale as old as time, I swear. And then we, the next one up is Kyle. You're the next yep. wedding up. Yep. Yep. And uh, D- DJ's, DJ's in the wedding. So we'll have more details on that as it goes on but uh yeah so it was a fun wedding but there was like a brief period of time dj where you were just lost like we had we had a search party going out after you and then you then you come out just out of nowhere hey kyle where's everyone at looking for you dj (laughs) i i went outside because i was just i don't know i went i had to go to the bathroom and then i just opened the wrong door I, i don't know why i got i lost i guess and I went outside and there's this dude out there smoking a cigarette. And I just started talking to him and we just started having a good convo. And then I don't know how much time went by, but we were just chatting. I didn't know this guy. He didn't know me. We were just chatting. Next thing you know, my parents come out of nowhere. And they're like, what? Like, I'm like, hi. Like, I've just been chilling out here. But yeah, it was just, it was funny. It's classic hijinks I get myself into, I swear, every time. But yeah, no, I was just, just chilling outside. They thought I was like dead laying in the alley and I'm just, Chilling outside, talking to some rando, smoking a cig, like, yeah, typical. But that's funny. I, I, I knew my parents were looking for me. I didn't know there was an entire search party looking for me. 
apparently there was because your, your sister katie came up to you she goes hey have you seen dj i said i saw him like five minutes ago i've been out on the dance floor they're like oh my uh my parents are looking for him and apparently a couple of people are too and i'm like yeah i i don't know where he's at i yeah it's i i can't be accounted for at all times you just gotta let me go at sometimes you know just let yep. me do me if i'm gonna have a random conversation with some rando i just i get chatty every now and then and the guy was good conversations good vibes don't even remember his name, but hey, it was it was a fun combo. And then my parents were coming up looking for me. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I've just been standing out here. It was, it was funny. I laughed a little bit. They, I don't think they thought it was funny though. So nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's but all right. But... Nonetheless, no, it was a good time. Good to see Kyle. Kyle's got some good dance moves, people. Oh. Um, whether you believe it or not, he's uh like Chris Brown out there. I mean, just yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know about I don't know about that. I think uh people at Pace's wedding might disagree with me, but me I'm not gonna go that route. <laughs> Let's cut him off. Let's get it going. Yeah. Not none nonetheless. No shout out Ryan and Erica. Congratulations! That was a fun wedding. Fun to get get together with everyone and chit chat and just a great vibe all around. So that was fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, let's get this podcast rolling. Uh, yep. With the R takes, basically, what we decide a topic that you know you could potentially think one side or the other, and just give our takes on it. So, Kyle, usually bat lead off. Let's see what you got this time. All right, DJ. So uh, last week in a game between the uh, Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, uh, Nikola Jokic took a really, really hard foul from Markeith Morris right to the ribs. And he took exception to that hard foul and shoved Morris in the back. So Jokic received a one-game suspension, and Mark Keith Morris got fined 50K, but no suspension. So uh, three questions for you here, DJ. Did the NBA get it right with the suspension? Should things have changed with the suspension? And is the NBA becoming truly, like, softer, like people say that it is? Oh man. Yeah. Um, I think the suspension is a little soft, like one game. It was pretty, pretty bad hit, like a pretty dangerous and aggressive hit. Uh, so I, I think a one game suspension is a little light. I would have, I would have been cool with like a three. I would have been like, yeah, it seems about right. Even five would have been like, yeah, it's pretty, like I, I get it. Um, you know, obviously what Morris did, like, don't do that. But then what Jokic did, definitely don't do that. But if you don't do what Morris does, then Jokic doesn't do what he does. So, like, they're, they're both wrong. Um, should the, I mean, should think they have changed? I, it just get it. Sports get heated. When you're competing at the highest level, things get heated. Stuff happens. Dude get, dudes get upset. I mean, million-dollar athletes, you take a cheap shot at them, they're going to get upset. Like, that's, that's how they're feeding their family right now is, you know, with their physical ability to play. So when you take a cheap shot at them and then they take a cheap shot back, like it's just, it's just going to, it's just what's going to happen when you have athletes competing at the highest level. Um, is the NBA getting softer? They finally changed the the rules now where they don't call any of that tic tac crap. I don't know if have you seen any of that at all. Um, but refing wise, they've done a really good job of getting rid of a lot of those gross plays. Uh, but softer, I mean, I would say, yes, the NBA is getting softer, but it's just because, teams want their million dollar assets protected it's similar why you can't touch Patrick Mahomes because the Chiefs don't want their 500 million dollar asset getting leveled on a cheap shot like you just just the way the game's going when you're paying these guys that amount of money you got to kind of protect them a little bit and yeah I mean yeah dudes are not as tough as they were back in the old days but they're also way more athletic than they were back in the old days like 
certain things have changed. So it is what it is. But yeah, what were your thoughts on the whole thing? It was a pretty crazy play. It, it, it really, it really was. And I actually uh, got the notification of it like right after it happened. Um, I think the NBA got this wrong. I, I do because they, they penalize the second person in the situation. And in my opinion, that shove wasn't worthy of a one game suspension. I've seen punches thrown and fines been given. So I think that was way, way wrong, but you got to set a precedent that if you're going to do a suspension for Jokic, Morris should have got a suspension as well because he started. Morris doesn't have that hard foul, then um, Jokic, Jokic doesn't shove him in the first place. So it's either a, a suspension for both or, a, or a, fine, a fine for both. And I don't know if people at home, like, do sports and stuff like that, but if there's one place I never want to take a shot to, it's right to the ribs, which is right where Jokic took that shot. So I'd be ticked off if I was him. If I was him too, but I don't think that shove, in my opinion, was more violent than more than Morris's foul on him. So I think it's either a suspension both ways or it's a fine both ways. And you mentioned it really well as far as is the NBA getting soft. Like James Harden, for example, his free throw per game has gone down in um tremendously. But I do I do think that um back in the day, guys got away with a lot more stuff than what they did what they what they do now like I think Carl Malone like caused Isaiah Thomas to have like six or eight stitches and maybe got suspended for a game like in today's NBA like that's like a half season suspension so I think there is definitely a difference between back in the day and now but I do think the NBA is trying to work to get it to be not as soft yep it's it's a it's a balancing act and trying to you know let dudes you know, be athletes and compete, but also protecting, like I said, assets because they are assets to, to the teams. So it, it's definitely a tightrope walk and the NBA is trying their best. And with the fouls, they've definitely, definitely gotten better. Uh, but we'll see. I'm sure more players. I mean, Miles Turner literally two days later got into it with a guy and hands were thrown. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're still throwing regardless of these suspensions, which is just they're Yeah. NBA players, man, they, they think they're tough stuff. That's for sure. It's like, you're nothing to a football player, man. Like, uh, it's funny. But anyway, I'd like to see any like NBA player go up against like Aaron Donald. It's like, dude, you're you're not you're not gonna win. Yeah. Good luck. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Aaron Donald, he is recently joined by Odell Beckham. He signs with the Rams after being released by the Browns. Um, so my question to you is, who was the problem on the Browns? Was it OBJ? Was it Baker? Uh, is there just too much ego by both of them for that combo to ever work? Like, is, you just cannot have those two dudes with that big of egos on the same team. Like, you know, like what, what was going on there? Uh, what were your thoughts on that whole situation? So I, I don't like using the C word as far as cancer, because I've had a lot of uh, relatives that have um, been suffered with that. So I don't like using that word, but OBJ is a drama queen. So it's 100% on OBJ and just every locker room he goes to, he has the the, ne- the negative vibes, and he's the reason that a lot of locker rooms start. Now, mind you, Baker Mayfield is a very heavy-headed guy. He's very hard-headed. He likes to get, get into it. But Odell is the problem. Odell's always been the problem. He always demands more attention. He demands more throws. He demands all these million, millions and millions of dollars. But, like, other than, like, probably the greatest catch I've ever seen, like, I don't know what he's done. Like, literally, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. His catch against the Cowboys, best catch I've ever seen in the NFL. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. 
but that's not worthy enough to get him millions and millions of dollars and for him to be a jerk to all of his teammates. So he's definitely the problem. And I think that any locker room he goes to, he needs to be with guys who are a little more level-headed and guys that are a little uh, unselfish because if he needs to go to a lot, he's going to go to a locker room and a team and he's going to demand the attention. He's going to demand the throws. He's going to demand the plays that happen to him. If he's in a locker room with guys who maybe don't require that, then he's going to fit fit perfectly. But if he goes to a locker room where there's guys who demand that he's going to, he's going to struggle. Now, I don't know how Cooper Cup and him are going to get, get along and if that's going to ruin Cooper Cup's fantasy or Tyler Higby or any guy, any guys like that. But I just think that Odell Beckham has always been the problem, and I don't think he's going to have any success anywhere. Interesting take. I, uh, I guess I'm not 100% in agreement, but, I mean, it's a, an opinion-based question, so neither of us are right or wrong. Uh, but I, I mean, I definitely think that putting two guys like Baker and OBJ with two of the biggest egos on the same team, it's just never going to work. It just won't like one of them needs to be number one and both of them want to. And it's just, so I, I think OBJ is talented. Like he's clearly been injured a lot recently and he's been struggling to even play. Uh, but when he's on the field, I do think he is pretty talented, but he just needs to be in the right system. And if he is, if he's in a system where like, you know, he can be the little drama queen, but also be humbled by like either a Tom Brady or a coach or someone who can just kind of humble him a little bit and keep him in his place. Or he gets to be on a dump, dumpster fire team like the Giants were like a terrible team where he can just be the best on a team that will never do anything. Like if he's in a certain situation, I think he can do well as a player. Um, but I just don't see very many situations on which he's on a team that can compete for the Super Bowl because he's just not that type of player. He would much rather have two touchdowns and 100 yards than have, you know, 10 yards and win the Super Bowl. Like, he's definitely more ego-driven. Um, so, I, I mean, I see both sides. I definitely think both him and Baker were to blame. They both have two big egos, and it just would have never worked out. Uh, but we'll see how he does with the Rams. I mean, we saw Baker's first week without him, and it did not go well for the Browns. So, uh, yeah, maybe Baker's not good. Maybe they're both trash. I it's tough to say, but yeah, let's, let's move on to our favorite segment, the mic drop sponsored by rogue energy. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So we all need that boost of energy, DJ. I know after this weekend, a good chunk of people at that wedding needed a boost of energy, but do you think there's really anything out there that can do that without like, you know, making you have a high of sugar and then like crash? Kyle, there's no way there's anything like that out there. Well, DJ, believe it or not, there is. It is Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is an alternative to the sugary energy drinks that can make you get a boost of energy and crash really quickly while also putting a lot of sugar in your body. Rogue Energy comes in four unique product lines to best suit your personal needs. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focus ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime you're thirsty. Finally, their shake formula is delicious, zero-calorie energy milkshake. The thing that also makes Rogue Energy unique from other powder drinks is that it dissolves really well, and you won't find any chalky textures in your drink. With over 10 different flavors to choose from, we at the Coda Sports Gambling Network and the Gambling Feud Podcast definitely recommend Rogue Energy. 
go to their website at www.rogueenergy.com and use the promo code CODA, that is K-O-T-A, to receive 10% off your order. Again, www.rogueenergy.com and use the promo code CODA. So, DJ, fantasy football is not going well for me this year. I, uh, am in, I'm in four leagues, and I think the best record I got is five and five. I mean, I've really, really been struggling, struggling this year. But one thing that irritates me is there are people out there who, when they see a bad season, that they think that defines them as a fantasy football player like oh you have you had a bad you had a bad season like you you suck at fantasy football here here's here's the thing i've said before that like nobody cares about prior seasons of of fantasy football nobody like they they care about the present but if you're gonna come at my character I, i i'm gonna use prior before i've won several league championships over my over my years of fantasy football so don't think that one bad year defines people as a fantasy fo- football player. I have been, excuse me, I have been screwed with injuries all year. I had Derrick Henry on one of my teams. I had Saquon Barkley. I've had Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Dalvin Cook was hurt for a little while there. I have been plagued with, with injuries. So you can come at me and tell me all you want that you are a terrible fantasy football player, but look in the mirror and ask yourself if you want a league championship because I have. Yeah, I I feel like fantasy football is so fluky that having one bad year is really it's like over a ten year season like you're gonna see who's good and who's not basically whoever's generally like it's just it's in all the leagues I'm in that we've had over like three or four seasons like generally the people that are good are at the top and then you have these weird people who are really good some years really bad other years but I mean it's so fluky like you said with the injuries and stuff like you can couple injuries and your whole team screwed like it's just that's just the nature of the sport. Uh, that's just what it is. But I've, yeah, I've never really thrown shade at anyone just because they've had a bad year, I guess. I mean, you can smack talk them that you beat them that matchup or you're better this season, but you better be prepared for next season when they beat you that they're going to smack talk you right back. So it, it's a giveth and a taketh and you got to be prepared for both. If you're, if you're, if you're going to give, you got to be willing to take too. That's, yep. that's, that's always been my mind. I hate the people who are willing, willing to, give smack talk but the second smack talk comes away they hide like a turtle yep. like if you're if if you're gonna if you're gonna talk smack you bet you better be willing to take it yep exactly you got yeah 100 percent. i couldn't have said it better uh so yeah something interesting that's popped up in the news recently i saw this on the twitter as the kids are calling it these days people were debating what was worse henry ruggs what he did with his dui versus aaron Rodgers and lying about the vaccine and I just – I couldn't believe this was even a topic for debate. Like, Henry Ruggs full-on murdered someone, involuntary manslaughter, whatever you want to call it, by getting drunk and driving a stupid amount of miles per hour way over the – like, just doing reckless activity. And, like, full-on, like, had this woman just got – just slaughtered in the middle of the night. She didn't even do anything. She was just driving. Like, it was just ridiculous how you're going to compare that to someone lying about getting the vaccine – I'm not defending Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that what he did was right. Um, there's definitely, the, you know, they're both wrong in this situation. But w- this is a debate. Like, this is what's headlining the news these days is talking about what is worse. And then some people are actually saying Aaron Rodgers 
lying about the vaccine. Like, what? Are you guys insane? Aaron Rodgers didn't murder anybody on that team. Like, no one died because of him, at least not yet. Like, yeah, it was messed up. It was wrong. But to try and compare it to Henry Ruggs, are, are, you, are you mad? Are you insane? Like, what? This is the world we live in, Kyle, and it, it blows my mind. Like, I, I just – I really cannot relate to some people. Like, I, I can't even put into words how absurd this concept is of even thinking about debating this. But anyway, that's, that's my two cents on the issue. But what do you think? So I, I have a couple things on that. So I'm a type of guy who, if you give an opinion, it's not wrong. An, an, opinion, an opinion is opinion. If you say an opinion is wrong, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. So I'm not going to say that. But thinking that what Aaron Rodgers did is even at the same level as what Henry Ruggs did is about as close to wrong as you can get. Like Henry Ruggs went 158 and a 35 how can you how can you compare that? Am, am I defending Aaron Rodgers? No, I'm not defending Aaron Rodgers. What he did was wrong, absolutely. But Aaron Rodgers is a scumbag. We all knew he was a, a scumbag. But how can you even compare those? First of all, any crime shouldn't be comparison. So people be like, well, what should you do? Compare him to like Deshaun Watts or something? No, crime shouldn't be crime shouldn't be compared compared at all. But there's a difference between lying and straight up killing somebody. Like it's, I I. I I can't believe we live in a society where those two are in the same level. It's not even close to the same level. Yeah. I like when I saw it on Twitter and like people were arguing both sides back and forth. It was like, what? <laughs> How is this even like, this is like, I, yeah, it was, it was wild to me that this, uh, yeah, it's, that's what everyone's trying to do is just, it's ridiculous. And yeah, I, I really couldn't believe it. Uh, and so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to spout off about this for a little bit and just say how there's, like you said, there's no wrong opinion, but like, if, if you're on one side, it's, it's as close to a wrong opinion. I, you said it beautifully, Kyle. So yes, a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I, th- that's got me a little heated. I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> that some people think that way, but before I, DJ and I could do a whole show of mic drops. If we really wanted to, but uh, you guys would be. I mean, it'd be entertaining for us, and then and maybe people want... <laughs> just to and rant maybe... for an hour, <laughs> just talk about anything that's bugging me for an hour. I would love it, but it, it probably would be a psychiatrist. Before we go on, several mic drops. Uh, we got a great guest pick, picker who's waiting for us, and uh, we'll see if he can make the elite eight. So let's get to it. Rock and roll. And on to the gambling feud guest pick'em wild card round three, sponsored by Pitchfork Egg. As you guys all know, Pitchfork Egg, local company in Lamar's Iowa, they literally do everything from servicing your lawnmowers, snowblowers to building your hog barns. Great, great family-owned company. So check them out if you need any of those things. Uh, so we've had two wild card guests. The first one lit it up. The second one did awful. Uh, and we're on we're on to guest three of the wild card round. And then we have one more guest coming on next week for the wild card. And then we are on to the Elite Eight, uh, which everyone will be competing for a prize of at least $200. Um, free entry and everything. So it sounds like a pretty good deal. It'll be exciting. We're going to try and get everyone on that can that's in the Elite Eight and just shoot the shit for, you know, a couple – you know, 30 minutes maybe, and just get everybody hyped for this Elite Eight. But let's do the standings here quick. 
In first place, our first wild card, Tyler Paulson at plus 16.99 units. In second place, DG Betts at plus 13.25 units. In third place, Dan Angel, uh, plus 11.29 units. Pace, the CEO of the Coda Sports Network, at plus 11.21 units, and he's in fourth place. Uh, Alex Long, plus 10.6 units. He's in fifth place. Uh, in sixth place is Soup at plus 8.1 units. Von Fluchoke, Darren Von Fluchoke, uh, at plus 6.76 units. He's in seventh place. And lastly, Pumba in eighth place at 5.6. That is the number to beat. Uh, so, yeah, we got our first or our third returning guest. Uh, but, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and get everyone introduced to the Polk man himself. All right. Sounds good, DJ. So my second wild card, he was on, he was the, me and DJ every single week chose a, uh, a guest picker. He was the very first guest picker I chose. You got to go all the way back to episode three to remember this guy, but my second wild card is Polk Nation. Zach Polk. Zach, how we doing today, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good, Kyle. Thanks for having me on again. I got to redeem myself a little bit from last time. It didn't, didn't go so well. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And that's why I brought you on. You've been doing this way longer than I have. So I knew you were better than that. But uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Just real quick. Everyone will tell your microphone sounding legit, sounding official. Just tell the people at home just quickly. What are you up to nowadays? What are you doing? Where are you at? Yeah, so I am in uh, small town, Minnesota. I am a sports broadcaster and I am a on-air DJ host. So I've got my official play-by-play equipment here um to make everything official i wanted to sound the best for the podcast i possibly could so i had to get all the great equipment hopefully it brings me some good mojo but um obviously graduated from morningside just like kyle so um i've been out of the out of the college scene for a while but still grinding it with the play-by-play small town radio trying to work my way up and you know uh i am in minnesota so all these bets that i'm going to talk about and that i've done in the past are all hypothetical air quotes here all hypothetical bets in the state of minnesota um but yeah i'm I'm excited i've had a lot of fun you know hypothetically betting uh the past you know couple years and uh you know i'm you know i'm starting to get pretty good at it i think awesome sounds good so um one thing that you mentioned the last time on the podcast and i knew really well you are a new york islanders fan why don't you talk a little bit about that uh that last last postseason, what a ride that was for, for your Islanders. I'll, I'll tell you what, I I will admit, uh, you know, I've I've been an Islanders fan for probably only four or five years now. Once I realized I was coming into Minnesota, I know Minnesota's big into hockey. I figured oh, I should probably have a hockey team, and I've been a Mets fan my whole life. So, um, you know, I don't, you know, agree with the stigma put on the Mets about being the little brother to the Yankees, but I know it's a big thing out there that the Yankees are the older brother, Mets are the little brother. So I was looking for a little brother in hockey to kind of, you know, uh, kind of match that. And I knew the Islanders and the Rangers have a little bit of a rivalry going and the Islanders, Islanders are also orange and blue. So not exactly the best way to pick a team, but that's the way I went about it. And, uh, you know, last year they, they've been historically bad and the last couple of years they kind of you know were pretty good last year made it all the way to the eastern conference finals so um it was a lot of fun watching that uh, a lot more fun than it was watching the mets this last summer um and the mets are you know in the uh, in the news again today so um things aren't going great for the mets islanders aren't start off to a hot start either so 
I'm hoping maybe this maybe this podcast here will get, give me a little bit of a good luck jump here, and we'll we'll start to start to turn things around, especially with the Huskers playing right now against Creighton in basketball. Um, yeah, hopefully hopefully you guys bring me some good luck. Hey, we're hoping so. That's the that's the thing we do here is hopefully bring good luck. Did you uh were you a watcher of the uh the Borelli live stream at all during the Islanders? Islanders oh yeah, game? Islanders Islanders Bruins. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, Frankie, I guess he he I would say was a pretty good influence there on on my pick for the Islanders as well. Just just because once I realized you know he was a big Islanders fan, started watching him and following him to help myself get acquainted with the Islander culture. So. Um, obviously, you know, that we are big into the, uh, barstool scene. So, um, I've been able to kind of work my way and it feels like I'm starting to, you know, get on the barstool radar. I've gotten a couple big retweets the last couple of days and, um, you know, I'm, I'm always quick on that, on that Twitter fingers to get in there. So, um, that's been a lot of fun, but yeah, I, those, those, uh, those streams have been, been pretty intense for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And if you don't fo- follow uh, Polk on Twitter, I mean, he is, like, big in the bar. So, like, we're talking, like, you know, some people get, like, a few, like, okay bar, bar- so people. I and mean, we're talking, like, you've gotten retweets by Big Cat. You've had KFC quoting you. I know you have opinions about KFC that we won't go into. Yeah. But you got yeah, – KFC's a – he's a Mets guy, so we kind of have a love-hate there with, with, with KFC. But, yeah, Big Cat just re- retweeted me a couple days ago um uh, i think it's alex bennett um one of her tiktoks or uh she just retweeted me again today which was the same tweet that she quoted like two days ago so um yeah i mean it's 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 all about being quick we talked about it last time you just kind of kind of be quick on the reply and kind of get your name out there it's kind of like a little bit of a marketing it's a little weird to think about it that way but just get your name out there always be tweeting and back and forth and that's kind of how you get noticed and um, you know, it's a, it's a good way to kind of, like I said, get your name out there and, and get people to notice you. Abs- absolutely. And if you didn't listen to the, like I said, we're going way, way back to January last, last time Polk was on. If you didn't listen to that episode, I mean, he is a savage on, on Twitter. I mean, he's gotten, <laughs> he's gotten tweeted at by, um, Kirk Herb Street before he's gotten, if you're big in barstool, Rico Bosco hasn't blocked, but that's another story because he has yeah, about 37,000 other people yeah. blocked too. Um, uh, I think Michelle Beadle, you said slid, slid into your DMs one time. Have you gotten into any like big Twitter beef at all as uh, since the last time we talked to you? Um, I don't think any any beefs really. I know uh, you know I've been trying to keep it a little bit civil on Twitter for the last you know couple of years, but. Um, yeah, there was a time where I wasn't afraid to hold back, especially to just to speak my opinion. It was never anything really malicious. It was just, like I said, I was always pretty good. I'm always on Twitter. It's like half of my job now. I have a work account for Twitter and I run our Twitter social media for the radio station. So I'm always kind of on Twitter. So it was always just kind of being quick to reply. So then right when they send out that tweet, they say, oh, I just got to reply right away. And then it's me disagreeing with their opinion. So then they would also Kurt Herbstreet would re- quote it, and you know I got in the back and forth with Desmond Howard about our game against Michigan State a couple of years ago. Um, that was pretty good. We ended up winning that game. That was that was a controversial ending to that game. But um, so I'm yeah. I mean it's I haven't really gotten into anything negative the last since the last time I saw you. Like I said, I've gotten some positive retweets and you know been able to you know get into conversations that way but nothing nothing too crazy i've kind of toned it down for the last last couple of years or so 
Yep. I, I remember those those college days when you weren't afraid to oh, hold. Yeah. The only thing I can remember since the last time we were on is I think uh I think KFC Kevin Clancy at Barstool called you a moron or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. I yeah, I said something and I even said something positive in the tweet too, because I think it was about Kate Barstool. Um and it was about her hosting the rundown. And I said I hated her on the Snapchat whenever they do those Snapchat things. I just just it always feel, felt like she was acting like I didn't like it. She, she hosted the rundown, and it was good. So I said that, and uh, KFC came after me, and I, I wasn't very happy about that. I wasn't going to back down either. But of course, I, you know, I have 750 followers. What am I going to do? He's going to, you know, he's going to ratio me every time. But I would definitely wasn't going to back down. But yeah, it's you know KFC. Yeah, a little love hate there with with that man Kevin Clancy, but. You know, it is what it is. I'm just a, I'm just a little P. He doesn't even know who I am, but I definitely know who he is. So, one day, maybe one day. Yes, absolutely. And 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 I hope and I hope that for you. I think you have a barstool personality. So hopefully it, uh, it maybe it it works out for you. But um, so the last episode you came on, just a quick recap on how the bets went. So we have a uh, all your picks here from last time. So you bet on we had Iowa Wisconsin. You bet Iowa plus one and a half, which won. And then you bet the under of 145, which lost. And then you bet uh, Oregon, Colorado. You bet the over of 140 and a half, a four-unit bet that lost. But in my defense, I said that was going to be my mortal lock. I was huge on that over. And it hit – It hit – the under hit dramatically by like 20 points, I think. And then you had Oregon minus three and a half at that one. And I know you're going to remember this game because I certainly do. The Raptors and the Bucks. You put the Bucks money line for five units and the Bucks lost. But I think Giannis had like 15 points that game. I think he he yeah. played horrible. And That's then the uh, the Lakers and the Nets, you had the over of 234, which lost. That was another four-unit loss you had there. And then you had the Lakers minus two and a half, that one. And then the last game, you had the Island, we had the Islanders and the Penguins. You took the Islanders money line, which lost. And then the under of five and a half, which won. So you finished four and five and minus 7.64 units. But you had three bets that were that were four units, four units, and five units that lost. Yeah. Yeah. That that was, uh, like I said, you know, uh, last time out, I went the full five units every single game all out. And it did not turn out well for me. All my big bets ended up losing. So four and five may not may not sound too bad, but when it comes to all five of those losses being basically the big time bets, that's that's not going to work out to my favor at all. Yep, and 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 I remember too. Like uh, I thought for a long time, you put all five units on the Islanders money line, which at the time seemed really really crazy. But then it turns out the Islanders yeah. go to the Eastern Conference Finals. That wasn't that wasn't horrible at all. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, you know a bet with your heart type of pick. I usually, when when money's on the line, I usually try not to bet with my heart. That's the thing that I do that I know kind of some some betters frown upon it, but I like to bet against my heart because then I just feel better. I'm such a big time sports fan. Like I didn't bet on this Creighton Nebraska game that's going on right now that I'm watching, but if I did, I would bet Creighton because you bet Creighton if they win, it's like. Like it's not better than Nebraska winning, but it, there is a little bit of like a well, at least I win money because Creighton won type of thing. Um, so I, I like to bet against my heart a lot of the time, just just in that sense where I, I don't you know completely ruin my night by not only losing my bet but also you know losing my or losing my mind I guess on the result of the game. So um, 
yeah, with that Islanders pick, that was a little bit of just going with the heart. And at the time, not a good pick, but I stand by it. I do. I stand by it. Go <laughs> Islanders. And so, so you're hedging with your heart is what I'm is what I'm getting. At. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's a it's a hedge bet, but it's just it's based off my emotions. <laughs> I just I hedge my emotions because I could not. I can't live with myself if I constantly bet on my favorite teams and then they constantly lose and I'm losing money and then I'm losing sleep because I just am losing at everything in life. I got to win at something. That's true. All right, uh, DJ, you got anything at all before we get rolling? It's called an emotional hedge. That's what it's called. Exactly. That's what you, you do. Go. Yeah. There you go. I, I do it all the time. You just – you want to ha- you want to end up one and one regardless, so you emotionally hedge, and either you win money or your team wins. It, it's a win win situation. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. I, we 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 all love to win. So yep, you exactly. Win. You gotta win a little bit. Got to know when to do emotional hedges too, because sometimes yeah. it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, no, let's get yep. into some games. I'm excited to hear his breakdown, his picks, get rolling. We got a good slate of games, so yeah, it's maybe not the easiest to bet, but we got a good slate of games to at least yeah, watch. We, yeah, this is this is a tougher slate, but but I think I, I, I'm putting it all on the line here because I think Polk can can redeem himself and make the elite eight here. So let's 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 get right let's get right to it. So uh, for those of you that don't know at home, he gets five units per game. He can use that however he chooses. He can do two on the money line, two on the spread, one on the over under. He can do all five units on one play. He can do team total. He can do first half. He can do a player prop he can do literally anything he wants the only rule he has is he gets five units per game and he also doesn't have to use all five of those units so uh to get started let's go to a little college basketball action a battle of undefeateds here between george mason and number 20 maryland at six o'clock in the big 10 network the line right now maryland minus 14 and an over under of 137 and a half uh dj what do we got for trends for this game yeah, so uh, George Mason, as you alluded to, is 3-0. They're also 3-0 against the spread and 1-2 and at hitting the over. On the flip side, Maryland is 3-0 straight up, uh, 3-0 straight up at home, 1-2 and against the spread, 1-2 uh, and against the spread at home, and then 1-2 and at hitting the over. Uh, they've kind of all played some pretty soft schedules, uh, but Maryland averages 74 through the first uh, three games, while George Mason is averaging 83.7. George Mason's allowing 57, and Maryland is allowing 63.3. Again, super small sample size against teams that are not very good, but that is the data, you could say. But what players are you looking out for in this game? Uh, I'm looking at the centers here, DJ. That's going to be a big-time battle in the paint. Uh, George Mason, you got Josh Orduro, a 6'9 forward. Coming into this game, he's averaging 19.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, and shooting 71.4% from the field. And then Maryland, Quadis Wahab, a 6'11 center, averaging 13.7 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, and shooting 70.8% from the field. Uh, I really like Maryland. I think, I think they're legit. I know we talked a little bit about them on the college basketball show a few weeks ago. And uh, I just – I think they're going to – they're going to pound George Mason. I'm taking Maryland in the, in the spread. Yeah. I see George Mason's one of those sneaky teams. Like they're always decent. And I feel like 14 is a lot of points, uh, especially early in the year when teams are kind of sloppy. Whereas like George Mason's more fundamental, uh, like year in and year out, they're going to have more senior led guys. Whereas Maryland's bringing in a lot of talent year in and year out. A lot of guys are leaving. 
So I actually kind of like George Mason. I'm going to actually differ from you here on this guy. I like George Mason in the points. 14 is a lot. And like I said, I think they can keep it close uh, and lose by 10 or less. They, they won't win, but they'll they'll scare them a little bit and they'll they'll give them a run for their money, as the uh, people say. So, yeah, George Mason all the way. Okay, sounds good. And Zach, what do you got for this game? I think I'm going to have to go with DJ on this one. I think I'm going with George Mason. Uh, Maryland, Maryland scares me a little bit because they always seem to be really good at the start of the year. And if you're looking at the way the Big Ten has been playing uh, the last couple of days, I know they're like 0-2 in this Big East you know, fight that's going on right now. Um, and Nebraska is probably going to lose to Creighton here. So that would be 0-3 and, and George Mason and allows – or. Uh, and Maryland going at it. I think 14, like you said, is a little bit too much, too many points. I could see Maryland kind of going up 23, 24, and then, you know, bringing the big boys out and uh, George Mason kind of clawing back a little bit late in the fourth to try and, you know, get a little bit more respectable. Like I said, Maryland always seems to be really good at the start of the year, and then they kind of fall back towards the end of the year. So um, I'm going to have to go with George Mason. I'm going to put two units on the George Mason to cover and I am actually going to go two units on the over because I need a lot of points I think for George Mason uh, to cover that spread so uh, two on the or two on the over and two on George Mason yeah that that total I was thinking about looking at that too that just seems really low for this game for some reason I don't know why but yeah yeah it, it I think if George Mason is going to cover, they're going to have to get off to a hot start. I think Maryland could be a little bit shook right at the start, and then Maryland will come back and they'll take the lead, go up, you know, 15, 17 towards the end of the game, and then hopefully George Mason will be able to sneak it in a, a little bit earlier than a backdoor for mine and TJ's, you know, heart's sake. But, um, you know, I think George Mason can kind of keep it, keep it respectable. Yeah, I I think George Mason's kind of one of those like slower paced teams that kind of like grind and they're going to use the entire shot clock like and they play solid D. I think that's the kind of the way they just that's how you have to build those types of teams when you're not a you know getting all the big recruits. So I think maybe that's why this over under is a little but I mean 70 to 70 is not crazy especially if George Mason scores 65 and Maryland scores 75. We cover and hit the over. Bada bing bada boom. You bet. You bet. All right, let's go on to a really, really solid college football game, a game that definitely is one to watch for sure between uh, number seven, Michigan State, at number four, Ohio State, at 11 o'clock on ABC. Line right now, Ohio State minus 19 and an over-under of 67. Uh, DJ, what do you got for this game? Or, yeah, or- yeah, I got you. Uh, Michigan State, nine and one straight up, eight and two against the spread, six and four at hitting the over. Uh, four and one straight up on the road, four and one against the spread on the road and two and three at hitting the over on the road. Ohio State on the other side, nine and one straight up, uh, six and four against the spread, six and four hitting the over, five and one at home, three and three against the spread at home, which is gross, and three and three at hitting the over. Uh, Michigan State is averaging 34.6 points and they're allowing 22.5. Ohio State is averaging 46.3 and allowing 20.2. Historically speaking, uh, on the last two matchups, Ohio State has covered, uh, and the the over-under is one and one. So not much there, uh, but that is what we have for trends. What about you? What about the players you're watching? Man, words are hard. Oh, you're good. Um, 
Michigan State Kenneth Walker. How can I watch anybody else but that? If he can have a really, really impressive game against Ohio State and Michigan State can win, I think, in my opinion, he's the front runner for the Heisman. I mean, um, on the year right now, he's averaging – or he has 1,473 yards, 17 TDs, and he's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Now, on Ohio State, I'm looking at a C.J. Stroud. Following their loss to Oregon, Stroud has been super impressive for most – of the games he's played. I, I say most because Polk's a Nebraska fan. So I got to say most, but uh, yep, yep. um, Ohio State's slowly starting to find their stride here. So if he can have an impressive game himself, I think he's going to be a finalist for sure. And maybe the front runner. We'll see what happens. But on the year, he's averaging 3,036 3, yards, 30 TDs and five INTs. And if I'm not mistaken, Polk, I believe two of his five INTs came to Nebraska. You know, they did, and I'm a little bit scared about this game because I don't – I have never believed in Michigan State. After after Nebraska, like I said, we held them to uh, literally no first downs in the second – or in the second half, and we still lost that football game. I've been watching Michigan State like they are one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. I mean, that game was so bad. It was at Michigan State. They played horribly. Ohio State – isn't looking like Ohio State. They weren't against Nebraska, at least. They've come on a little bit here the last couple of weeks, but um, it's a scary one for me. I, I don't really know where I want to go with it. Um, but if you do you want me to start, I'll start making the picks here. Yeah, um, go ahead. We, I, I think I'm going to go um, with Ohio State. I think they need to make a statement here. I think I just saw um, they are in the top four now. I don't know if they were in the top four. I think they were just outside last week. Five. Were they five? So they're four they're now. I think Cincinnati's five. Um, I don't think they're really worried about Cincinnati chomping at the heels, but I think Ohio State needs to make a statement against a what the committee thinks is a decent team in Michigan State. Um, I'm going to go Ohio State minus 19. That's so many points. That is so many points, but I think three touchdowns is acceptable. It will only be acceptable to Ohio State fans. They will be upset if it's anything less than three touchdowns, I think, to a Michigan State team that I don't think is really that good. I can't believe they came back against Michigan. I think that's the Harbaugh syndrome, though. I don't like Harbaugh either after Nebraska-Michigan. I didn't really have any any ill will towards them until that game happened, and I think he handled himself horribly. Um, I think he always handles himself horribly against teams – that are his rivals. So I think Michigan State is a little bit of a smoke show and a negative you know, a negative connotation. They all smoke and mirrors. Um, Ohio State, minus 19, three units on Ohio State, and I'll just go one unit on the over. All right, sounds good. Um, Well, DJ's getting that recorded. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I Th- this line scared me. Like we're going to talk about this on our college football show uh, later on, uh, later on in the week, you'll be able to watch that. But we talked about that game and it, that line is massive and that line scares me, but I was all over Purdue last week and it, I did that was horrible. So I'm not doing that. I'm also going to take Ohio state minus 19. Yeah, no, I'm right in line with you guys, which may be a bad thing, but, or maybe we're all geniuses. I don't know. Uh, but this Michigan State team is as fake as they come. I mean, they shouldn't have beat Michigan. Uh, they should have lost to Nebraska. Like, that special teams play, Nebraska held them to, like, 19 yards in the second half, and they won the game somehow. Like, ah, what? 
only Nebraska could do that. No, and no offense. Yeah, it's just, that's just our, no, that's, that's yeah. the story of our, our whole season. We've had one of the toughest schedules in the country and we've played every big team close and then we've lost two bad teams. So it's like, you know, whatever, but yeah, Michigan state, I think they're phony. Yep. And I think uh, Michigan, or I think uh, Nebraska should have beat Michigan and like Michigan should have beat Michigan state. Like, and like you said, we've seen this Nebraska team and they did play Ohio state well, but I don't think people talk about, their defense, Nebraska's defense enough. People don't realize how good they are because the record's trash. Yeah, uh, and their but, offense is bad. Yeah, but their defense is <laughs> their defense is so yeah. like people don't realize they're they're really good actually. But yeah. nonetheless, I think Michigan State's fake. I was all on Ohio State last week against Purdue, and that worked out well. And I think this is going to be a game where people like their eyes open up a little bit. They're like, oh man, maybe like they're either going to think one of two things: either Michigan State's as fake as they come, or Ohio State's real. And Michigan State's, like, not bad, but they're just not on the level of Ohio State. But it's, it's a statement game. And I also do like the over because I feel like Michigan State will be able to have some success running the ball. And they'll be able to put up, like, you know, anywhere from 14 to 20 points. And then I think Ohio State's laying on a solid 40 to 50 burger. Like, it's yep. it's going to get ugly because, um, yeah, it's just that's, – that's just – yeah. But, I mean, they gave up a lot of points to Michigan, and Michigan's offense isn't that good. Like, what do you think this Ohio State offense is going to be? Like, come on. And after after seeing that Nebraska defense last week, like this is going to be everything's going to yeah. be so much more open. That front seven, you think Michigan State's front seven's anything like Nebraska's? Get out of here! Oh man, now now you got me hot, Kyle. I'm hot <laughs> about this game, but yeah, no Ohio State all day in the over, ride it, lock it in. All right, sounds good. Well, let's go to a game in the SEC between uh, number twenty one Arkansas at number two Alabama. Uh, 2.30 on CBS on Saturday. Line right now, Alabama, minus 20 and a half, and an over-under of 56. What do you get for trends for this game, DJ? Yeah, Arkansas is surprising. Seven and three straight up this season. Five and four against the spread. Six and four at hitting the over. Uh, two and two in road games. Two and one against the spread in road games. And one and three at hitting the over in road games. Alabama, as always, a unit. Nine and one straight up. Six and four against the spread. Four and five at hitting the over. Six and oh at home. Straight up, four and two against the spread at home, and three and three hitting the over. Arkansas averaging thirty point nine points per game and giving up, allowing twenty two point nine. While Alabama is scoring forty four point six and allowing eighteen point two. Uh, recent trends: Alabama has covered the last two games and has, um, and the unders hit in both games. So, uh, yeah. Two and two at hitting the under, and Alabama's two and two against the spread. Uh, yeah, what players are you looking for? I know there's a lot of stars, at least on Alabama's side. Uh, but what players are you watching for in this game, Kyle? Yeah, so for for Arkansas, a guy who really has had a really solid season so far, but not getting a whole lot of love. KJ Jefferson, their quarterback. I mean, this dude, uh, as of late, kind of been on a downward spiral, but he, I think he has. He's starting to gain it back slowly, but surely he's been solid all year long and has been a big key to Arkansas success this year Uh, on the season. He has 1,990 yards with seven TDs and only three INTs. He's also rushed for 474 yards and five TDs. And then for Alabama, how can you not look at Bryce Young? I mean, super impressive stats all year long has kind of been mentioned in a few people's mouths as like a Heisman finalist, but not many have said Heisman winner. But I think he, uh, this is a game where he can have his Heisman moment and be a finalist and be a winner as well. So uh, we'll just have to see about that. Um, I don't doubt Alabama very much. 
and I'm not really going to this game. I think that Bryce Young is going to absolutely torch Arkansas. I think he's going to have one of his best best games all year. I'm taking Alabama minus 20 and a half. Yeah, once again, Kyle, I'm riding the same wave. I think Alabama is significantly better. Uh, I, like Arkansas is good. Like, you know, props to Arkansas. I'm, I'm not really trying to, you know, kick a man while they're down. Like Arkansas is a lot better than they have been since probably Darren McFadden was the last time they were this decent, but they're just, there's levels to this stuff and Alabama's a significant level ahead. I think they clean them up. I really do like the over as well. Cause I think Arkansas can get across at least 14 and I know Alabama's putting up 40. So we're missing two points there. No, actually. Yeah, no, we're missing two points there. So we need, you know, maybe 21 or maybe a little more than 40 out of Alabama. But I, I really think this over is a little too low because I think Alabama is going to score a ton. And I think Arkansas can put up just a couple touchdowns is all we really need because Bama will do the rest. Uh, so, yeah, I really love the over. And I, I do think Alabama will cover that spread. All right. Sounds good. Zach, what do you got for this game? Yeah, I think we're sweeping this one as well because Alabama um, is is Alabama. There's really nothing else you can say about them. Um, Arkansas, they looked really good to start the year. They got the big win against Texas. We all know what that win kind of looks like now after Texas lost to Kansas. Um, so that, that one kind of goes out the window. They got a big win against Texas A&M. Texas A&M is, you know, uh, 16th in the country right now, but, um, the, the big kicker was Georgia. I mean, the Arkansas was looking at maybe they were going to be a contender in, in the SEC and they lost that one like 40 to nothing. Um, so, I don't love Arkansas in this game. I think they're going to be a little bit uh, starstruck in the moment. You know, it's kind of one of those games where they're going to be obviously looked at the underdog. It's Alabama, but um, Alabama is going to come out and show why they should still be in the top four, even though um, they did get have a loss to Texas A&M. Um, I don't love the way the committee is treating Alabama, um, putting them at number two every single week. I think they're back to number two again this week because um, they're just basically – hoping that, you know, Alabama and Georgia meet in the SEC championship and then Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia will drop to four, Alabama will be one, and then they'll both be in the final four. Um, so I don't love that they're putting them at two, but Alabama is just way too good. I'm going to put three units on Alabama, and I'm also going to put one on the over as well. Um, I think Alabama can drop 40 on literally anybody but Georgia in the country. Um, so I would hope that they can get 42 to 45, I could see a 45-20 game um, coming in the SEC, especially after Arkansas. I think they put up 50 against Ole Miss. I think it was like 51-50 or something like that, 52-50, 52-51 in a loss a couple weeks ago. So they can score. They definitely have the opportunity uh, to score, maybe not against the Alabama defense in the first half, but the second half for sure. So three on Alabama, one on the over. Yeah, that Alabama Ole Miss game, I think, like, or Arkansas Ole Miss, excuse me. Arkansas tried going for two, I think, at the end of the game and missed, so that's why they lost. Yeah, if I'm yeah. not this mistaken. Is also, this is also that uh, famous song. Um, I don't know who it's by or, or really what it's called. I think it's called Home. It literally starts Alabama, Arkansas. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna have to Google it now. But that's just in my head every time when you first sent me the, the lines. That's the first thing. Alabama, Arkansas. Somebody, somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. Somebody, somebody will. Somebody, it'll click for somebody. Send us a send us a tweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros home 
Alabama, Arkansas. I do love my ma and pa, not the way that I do love you. Banger. Wow, the debut of Polk Nation, the artist. (laughs) Alabama, Arkansas, baby. Alabama, though. (laughs) They say Alabama over Arkansas. Alabama comes first, which means they're covered. Exactly. Exactly. See? Thinking about it. We're thinking thinking here. Thinking hard. But, yeah, Alabama, I think, will roll. Um, Arkansas is, yeah, not, not good enough. Not good enough this year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Okay, let's uh let's move let's transition to the NFL here. We got a solid game between two five and four teams between the Bengals and the Raiders at 305 on CBS. Line right now, Bengals minus one and an over-under of 49. What do we got for trends for this game, DJ? Uh, the Bengals five and four straight up, four and five against the spread, four and five at hitting the over, three and two on the road straight up, three and two against the spread on the road, and two and three at hitting the over on the road. The Raiders five and four straight up, four and five against the spread, five and four. That's the exact same. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Five and four at hitting the over. They're the exact same. Anyway, three and two, uh, straight up home games, two and three against the spread in home games, and four and one at hitting the over in home games. Uh, This season, the Bengals have been averaging 26.2 points and allowing 22.6. And the Raiders have been averaging 23.3 points and allowing 25.6. I don't know how many times these guys have met up. The last time they played was in 2019. And the Raiders did not cover but won 17 to 10. So weird game. No real trends in the historical matchups. A lot, I know a lot of superstars, uh, especially on some of my fantasy teams playing in this game. But which guys are you looking out for in this game, Kyle? Uh, yeah, for, for Cincinnati, I'm looking at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is in the top 10 in a lot of major categories, but he has to limit his turnovers. He's been a turnover machine all year long. And if he wants to be a franchise QB, he's got to be more patient in the pocket, not force things like he was able to do at LSU and work out for him. So I just think if he limits his turnovers – uh, he'll he'll be a lot better than what he is. But on the year, he's averaging, or he's not, he has 2,497 yards passing, which is seventh in the NFL, 20 TDs, which is tied for fourth. But the kicker is he has 11 INTs as well, which is tied for 33rd in the NFL. One of the worst QBs as far as turnovers go. And then for the, for the Raiders, Hunter Renfro, a guy that lives for big plays. I mean, he caught the go-ahead touchdown in that Clemson Alabama game whenever uh, in the national championship and it seems like when they when the Raiders need a clutch moment or a catch Hunter Renfro is the guy that does it so uh, on the year he has 52 catches on 69 targets 494 yards and four TDs this game's tough I'm not I'm not gonna lie this game is really really tough to handicap these are two really really good teams so a minus one is basically a pick em, so it's just a matter of where you want to go. I, for some reason, I'm leaning Bengals, but that's I have no other analysis besides that. I'm going Bengals. Yeah, you, you said it well, Kyle. I mean, the, the Bengals lost to the Jets, then to Cleveland, then they had a bye. Uh, the Raiders lost to the Giants and then got smacked by the Chiefs. Like, I really don't know what team is showing up for either of these teams as they've looked really good at times and really bad at times. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the over here. I, I think they'll score. I don't, I, I really, this is just a terrible pick. I just don't know what to choose. So I'm just like, I'm going to bet on the over. 
you know, throw a half unit wager on it and just have some fun. But I, I, for a serious, like making money bet, I really don't have anything for this one. So that's when I turned to the over. Uh, yeah. So just a disclaimer, I'm just riding the over because really any other bet is just a loss in my opinion. All right. And Polk. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm, I don't like this game either. I hate it actually. Um, <laughs> The, the Bengals and the Raiders obviously both coming off big time losses. I think the like you said, the Bengals might have a uh, have a bye last week, but they just got destroyed by the Browns, who don't look good now either. Um, so, and the Raiders coming off a big division loss to the Chiefs. I'm a Broncos fan, so I don't like the Raiders and I don't like the Chiefs. Um, and the Bengals have a little bit of my heart because Zach Taylor, their head coach, was a Husker quarterback. Um, he was a quarterback at Nebraska a couple of years ago, back in my childhood. So, um, a little bit of heart there for the Bengals, but, um, I'm probably going to go with the Raiders, um, in this game. I think the Raiders, a quick bounce back, they've been struggling with so many things that nobody can even comprehend the last like three, four weeks. You know, they lost their head coach they're losing players. I mean, they're just struggling. I think Derek Carr can pull it around. He's a little bit more experienced than Joe Burrow is. Um, Jamar Chase is an absolute beast for the Bengals, though. He's been on my fantasy team. I got him in, like, the sixth round, and he's been leading my squad. So, um, I but I do think the Raiders uh, pull off the win, and I think they do it, um, you know, through the air, and uh, they're going to have to score a lot of points. So I'm also going to go the over. So I'm going to go three units on the Raiders. It's going to be a big game. I can't believe I'm going to have to cheer for the Raiders. Um, might be a make-or-break game for me here. Uh, three units on the Raiders, and then I'm going to go two units on the over. So this is probably um, going to be the game we look back on and be like, wow, Polk really screwed that up. Uh, that's really where he <laughs> lost everything. But um, I just think the Raiders, they looked – they didn't look horrible against the Chiefs. Chiefs looked a little bit more like the Chiefs that everybody knows and thought that was going to show up eventually in the season. Nobody thought it would be this far into the season, but – um, I think the Raiders can bounce back, and they need to to kind of stay in that race with the uh, Chiefs there. So um, Raiders, three units on the Raiders. Um, I think the Bengals are just going to bangle, and you know they're close. They're almost there this season. I just don't don't think they're ready for it next year. I think they can maybe maybe start to make a run at things. So Raiders and the was, over. Was there anything better than when the Chiefs were in last place in their division? felt so good i i've for the last like three years everybody had just been like mahomes is to go like the dynasty starts now like here come the chiefs they've been to two super bowls and you know if mahomes can get this one over tom brady do you start thinking maybe mahomes is gonna start you know getting into the goat conversation like nobody's talking about his you know top two wide receiver core in the nfl and maybe the best tight end in the nfl is on the same team and their defense was incredible um, during that run but you saw early this year when the defense sucks when the offensive line sucks you know when their wide receivers aren't you know being able to just run around constantly like Mahomes isn't like you know he's not an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady when things start to crumble but uh, he's still a, an amazing talent which I hate to say but yeah it was fantastic watching him at the bottom of the bottom of the conference for sure it was like <laughs> my fantasy team lost my football team lost, but hey, the Chiefs are in last place. Like yeah. life is good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, and going on to our last game of the pick'em, we got the Sunday night game on NBC. 
between the Steelers, who are 5-3-1, and one, against the Chargers, who are 5-4. and four. Line right now, Chargers minus 4.5 and a half at an over-under of 47. Uh, DJ, what do we got for trends for this game? Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers are five and three straight up this season, as you mentioned. Three and six against the spread, three and six and hitting the over, two and one straight up on the road, two and one against the spread on the road, and oh and three at hitting the over on the road. Chargers five and four straight up this season, five and four against the spread, three and six at hitting the over, two and three straight up this season at home, two and three against the spread at home, and two and three at hitting the over at home. Uh, Pittsburgh's averaging a gross 19.7 points and allowing 20.6. How they have a winning record, I really don't know. Uh, and the Chargers averaging 24.3 and allowing 25.3. Uh, recent performance, Pittsburgh won by seven uh, back in 2019. The under hit and Pittsburgh covered. Uh, but not much historical trends there. Uh, what players in this game are you watching for, Kyle? Yeah, so for the Steelers, uh, Deontay Johnson. So uh, he's been Big Ben's favorite target by about 26 attempts. So, I mean, he needs to get going and make the Chargers really focus on him. And if they do that, that'll open up the offense for guys like Claypool, Harris, etc. But on the year... Deontay Johnson has 52 receptions on 82 targets, 613 yards and three TDs. And then for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, I don't know why, but in the games I've watched him, it just seems like he looks like lost or scared in the pocket. He just doesn't seem to go through his progressions really well. Doesn't seem like he's confident. And that needs to change if the Chargers are going to turn the season around. He has been really, really solid. So if he can just turn that around, the, the Chargers are going to be back to being legit again but uh on the year justin herbert 2545 yards 19 tds and seven ints so i've made a lot of money this year by fading the steelers because they are bad against the spread and i'm going to continue that here i think the Chargers are going to win by i might even alt spread it to a minus seven that's, that's how confident i am in the chargers here so i'm taking the chargers yeah, I really don't know what to think about this Pittsburgh team. I mean, they just tied Detroit. Like, what What does – I have no words. Uh, the Chargers lost to Minnesota. I will forever have beef with Herbert because he shouldn't have won Offensive Player Rookie of the Year. That should have gone to Justin Jefferson, who set records set by, like, Randy Moss 20 years ago. He broke 25-year-old records, whatever. Uh, it is what it is. Another day. Uh, but I think the under is actually the move here. I mean, you got both these teams at hitting the over on the season three and six and three and six. So that's a combined six and 12 at hitting the over. The Steelers don't score and their defense is decent enough to hold teams. And I think the Chargers are kind of similar. Their defense is not as good and their offense is a little better. But I just think it's going to be one of those gritty games. And 47 doesn't seem like a lot, but I just feel like in this matchup, it's just. I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, I really do like the under in this matchup. All right, and Polk, wrap it up. Yeah, this one also uh, scares me a lot because I know Big Ben, um, I I would assume he's probably going to play. I know he's coming off self-reporting himself with COVID, uh, so he didn't play last game. 
Um, and TJ Watt defensively, I don't know if he's going to play or not. I know he had a bit of a knee injury in the last game. Uh, so there's a chance that they have no TJ Watt and they have no big Ben. Um, I think normally this game, like you said, would be a complete lock in the under because the chargers can't score touchdowns. Pittsburgh is basically allergic to touchdowns at this point with big Ben playing or not. Um, if it was in Pittsburgh, I think it, like I said, it would be a complete lock. That field sucks. Um, there's like, you can't, you can barely play football on it. It being in LA scares me a little bit. That turf field, you always, it just like, you know, you hear people say all the time, it just looks so fast. Like they just look fast out there. Um, so the, the under scares me just a little bit, just because, you know, I'm kind of starting to get in my own head when it comes to the under looks so good that it's one of those games where it just goes over Like both teams just can't score. They can't, you know, both offenses look horrible. And then in just this one game, for some reason, both offenses find it. They click. Everybody thinks, oh, the Steelers are back. Oh, the Chargers are back. You know, and then um, they never actually are back. It's just that one game because we took the under and nobody likes to bet the under. But I'm still going to bet the under. Um, this is going to be three units on the under. Uh, I'm kind of banking on either Big Ben or TJ not playing because I'm also going to go with the Chargers. Um, what are they, minus four and a half? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Chargers can win by a touchdown. Um, at least just Herbert at the start of the season was an MVP candidate. He's really kind of fallen off the last couple of weeks, but um, I'm going to go three units on the under, which is gross. I hate doing that, but three on the under, and I'm just going one on the Chargers here, uh, four and a half. So three on the under, one on Chargers. How cool would it be if TJ Watt played and Ben Roethlisberger didn't? That under, lock it in at that point. That would be that would be really nice, but then it'd be like, what is it? Dwayne Haskins, I think, is the backup, and he all of a sudden has a crazy game. And I mean, it's, <laughs> nobody know. Like, like I said, if it was in Pittsburgh, I'd be completely happy with the under because, like, they just slipping around out there. Pittsburgh, you know, probably a great city. Probably sucks weather wise, you know, there right now. Um, so it's probably a good chance that it'd be bad weather. But it being in L.A scares me a little bit for the under, but I'm still going to take it. I'm going to sweat it out all the way to the end. All right. Sounds good. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, like I said, it's been a hot minute since we've had you on, but uh, like I said, we were on basketball team together. I've gotten to know you really well. Really great to catch up with you again, and, and I hope you do well, and I hope you can make the Elite Eight. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try and hypothetically bet these this weekend um, and you know see if we can get some winners and um, we'll uh, catch up with you again, hopefully, uh, down the road. Yes, sir. Sounds good. You want to give us your uh, your Twitter handle, too, for the viewers at home to want to follow your fire tweets? Yes. So you can uh, follow my uh, personal account is at Polk Nation, the number four life. Um, and if you want to get into the high school sports scene in Minnesota, you can follow my work account, which is at Zach Polk, K-D-O-M, um, on Twitter. So, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, great to have you on again. Best of luck. And we'll be, uh, we'll be chatting soon, but uh, DJ, you want to wrap it up? Yeah. As always, you can follow all of our daily lock articles on Dakota sports cappers.com. We have everybody posting all different types of articles, whether it be college basketball, college football. I mean, there is so much going on at the network right now. Uh, and then as always, you can follow our Twitter gambling feud at feud gambling. Uh, where me and Kyle post our picks, our units, our confidence intervals, all that fun stuff. 
Uh, and then next week, obviously, is going to be the last wild card. So check out our podcast. That will drop next Wednesday. Uh, and then after that, obviously, we're going to get into the Elite Eight, and that is going to be some crazy stuff. And then, like I said, the network is just booming right now. We have a ton of different podcasts. We have the Mount Lockmore, the OG podcast with Pace and B-Russ, uh, now featuring Pumba Cakes, the High Inside podcast that I'm a part of with Alex and JT, uh, the Gabacho Baracho podcast, which is a soccer podcast uh, with Corey Adair, Don Thomas, Miller, and Dan Angel. Uh, and then the College Football Central show on YouTube with Kyle, myself, Pace, B-Russ, Soup, and Dan. Well, actually, Corey, not B-Russ. Uh, we got the Throwing Bows podcast with Vaughn Flucho, Darren Shemaev, uh, which is a UFC-based podcast. And then I think PG, Potato Gobbler, has a podcast that he's going to be dropping on the network now. Yep, real soon. Um, yep, I don't know what it's called, but we'll get the deets next week. Uh, and then all of our social medias, we got, like I said, we're just adding a lot of new cappers recently and just getting a lot of guys who, you know, love talking sports and just a lot of different opinions out there. And it's, it's just a fun group. But we got at Coda Capper Pace, at BRUS35, at Pumba Cakes, at Campbell D. Josh, at Dan Angels 11, uh, at Cheapy Buttinger, at Von Flu Choke, at DJ Corf 07 at Don Thomas Miller and at the newest edition, Potato Gobbler. Um, and then our specific Twitter's at DJ Low 4422. And Kyle, as always, wrap it up, buddy. Yep. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Combdog. Thank you for listening. Best of luck to our latest wildcard Polk Nation, and we will see you next time. Deuces. Yeah.